Welcome to the APRE, the winter sports podcast that's the audio equivalent of an ice-cold Jaeger bomb. Apart from after digesting this podcast, you won't be left with your trousers round your ankles outside the Schlüssel in Merhofen in March uh, 2002 at maybe 2am, was it, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> what a night, though. <laughs> Here's what's coming up on the show. My leg snapped, obviously, from down below my knee. And I was like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to go snowboarding now. Once someone that's been through that always saying that and is, like, giving you that sort of comfort, at least you don't have a doubt. you got yourself a medal, mate. He's like, it just depends which colour it is. He's like, go get him, bro. <laughs> Millions of years ago, some crust of the earth smashed together, hurtled towards the sky until it peaked in the cold. Snow fell, covering this once-hidden rock, and millions of years later, we turned up, skis and boards in hand, ready to ride. Thank you, Plate Tectonics, for this geological masterpiece. <laughs> From our Log Cabin podcast studio, welcome to the Apre. And with me, as usual, is a man who loves nothing better than hanging out in Wicks, Tim Warwood, and Bristolian boarding for- former chalet maid, Jenny Jones. Oh, that's one of your better intros, actually. Because you say that every week. I'm just getting better. I'm just well, getting better. Be- no, it's because you're, you've, you've introduced us there. And also, I will say that hanging out in Wicks is not a collective noun for Midlanders hanging out together. <laughs> he means I'm hanging out in the shop, Wicks. Yeah. You love been to it, Wicks. I do. Haven't been for a while. Been. Although, uh, the wife went on Saturday night. I just want to stop you there. Go on. The wife... Yeah, it's twenty 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 three, Tim. What? So what, I can't call her that, or I shouldn't be sending her to Wix. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's really funny, actually? Like while we're talking about politi- political correctness, <laughs> Sorry, do you know the yeah. UFC? Um, do you know Paddy the Baddy? Paddy Pimley. Yes, man, he's right. funny. I yeah. like him. So he's on BBC Sport today, and he's calling his wife my bird. That's his term of endearment for his girlfriend, isn't it? That's what he, you know. Is well, it interestingly, when I, was, when I was commentating on the BBC uh, for... Sorry, that's what I was commentating on. Well, I was on the BBC. I'm so sorry. I just mean, uh, I was... I got told I wasn't allowed to say girls when I was talking about the snowboard event. And I'm so used to saying in the girls' event, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. have to say women. And, oh, and yeah. even... And even ladies was part was sort of frowned upon. Ah, no, yeah. I think it's all right. But maybe you'd sound too old school. It's the ladies' event. Don't they say that at Wimbledon? Oh, maybe they don't. Oh, fuck knows. Anyway, why did you send your wife to Wicks again? <laughs> if there's one thing we love, it's a tangerine. Going off in a tangerine is the best thing ever. Uh... Hey, what a week. Ollie, where were you on the weekend? Because do you know what me and Jenny Jones were doing? Me and Jenny mm. Jones were skiing and snowboarding in Mount Tamworth Snowdome. Woo! Whoa. How was it? Most stressful thing we've ever done. 
Oh, really? Why? Because <laughs> we had 98 <laughs> children between us and yeah. trying to fit them with... And do you know what? The funny thing was, we're trying to fit skis and boots and boards and we're renting things and we get there late and very kind. The Snowdome are great for me and Jenny. They're really good yeah. to us and they've gifted us oh, a couple brilliant. of passes, but yeah. on the proviso that you come before 8am because that's when it's quiet enough for us to let you in for free. So we had to go on Sunday morning after having half a bottle of wine the night before. We had to go at 8am. Right oh to go skiing. God. Oh, it was tough. And so God, the kids are everywhere, and Lucy, my wife, my wife, the wife, my bird, Luce. She's um, <laughs> not the strongest of skiers. No, actually, she's a pretty good skier, but she's not the strongest at getting to the lift. So it's right. almost like having another child. You know, she doesn't know really what she's doing with the skis and the poles and all this kind of thing. And anyway, we're waiting, and it turns out somebody else is having slight trouble and issues with their boots, and it's Jenny because she hasn't got her insoles. So she's flapping around going, has anyone got any insoles? Anyone got any insoles? And I turn around to her and in like a fit of madness, I go, would you bloody look at this? The presenter of Ski Sunday hasn't even got any bloody insoles. And the guy, the guy next to us, looks yes. up and bursts out laughing because he clearly recognised Jenny off the telly. <laughs> And he found it hilarious that she couldn't. And he, and, oh and, he ca- and he came over to me and he said, "Oh wow, that's reassuring. Good to know that you still struggle with your skis after the whole time that you've been <laughs> oh, on the snow." And amazing. I was like, "Oh God, skis, Jenny, skis." <laughs> oh, oh! I just wanted to have a little go at something else. I thought she's completed be... snowboarding, got the Olympic <laughs> medal, done it all. Now I'll move on to skiing. What was so funny when I watched Ski Sunday this episode, though, is, Tim, you heckled me at the top of the snow dome and said, go off the side of that rail jump. Go off the side of that rail jump. And then Ed Lee... In, oh, in, I saw this. I know what you you're remember this? Me. In the Ski Sunday, not what not to do in a snow park. Yeah. And he said, whatever you do... Well, I can't remember the exact word he, he said, went, but whatever, whatever you do... Whatever you do, never... Jump off the side. You of the... will be hated by yes. everyone in the park. You scumbag. Exactly you absolute it. scumbag. And there's, Je- and there's Jenny doing it straight off the side. Amazing. On skis. On skis as well. Oh my god. Oh. Like, oh no. Do you know what though? In Jenny's defence. Ed Lee doesn't know what he's talking about. Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. Some of the best tricks I've ever done have been off the side of the ramps to get onto (laughs) rails and boxes. So he can shut up. Yeah, what you didn't realise though, Tim, is there were loads of people at the sidelines just going, You scumbag! You absolute scumbag! (laughs) But also, Tim, I'll I'll say as well regarding Ed... Last week when he did his how-to, so Shemmy's really good at the how-tos. Ed Lee, when he does his how-tos on the boat, collying. Oh, don't. Don't do this. Don't, do, don't Jenny. No. Jenny's about to get Ed fired from Ski Sunday. No, I'm not. I'm not. But what does he, he do? Like, he goes to explain it. And then mm-hmm. his and he shows how poppy the board is by like pushing it. Then he goes, yep. so you just go along and pop. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's not explaining how to do it. Yeah. You're just No. You're literally so just saying fun. it's like when Gendel did a <laughs> Gendel did a piss take how to video and it was how to do a seven twenty. And the video was like, you ride to the jump, you do the seven twenty and you land it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> now I've always suspected you ski Sundays presenters don't really know what you're talking about. Oh my god, for a ride. That's how I, I, that's, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Uh, I hope he doesn't lose his job. If he does, you should no, feel very he guilty. He won't. He won't. He won't. So you just to do an ollie, you just pop. While we're talking ski Sunday, you know, we have to, because you're both on it. Uh, is uh, Tim, we saw your uh, my wonderful week. little piece my with week. Lauren. It was, it was my week. I was on. Uh, link yes. in the show notes. Link in the show notes. You did describe Scotland to us, and you spoke about it. And when we were speaking to Lauren McCallum, go and check out that episode. It's really brilliant. You both described how amazing it was and how it looked and that kind of thing. I could not believe yeah. what I was seeing on that Agreed. film in terms of the snow. It was, it amazing, was absolutely it? stunning. Yeah, yeah. just amazing. incredible. So beautiful. I mean, I can let the cat out like... the bag a little bit now. Really, it was um, the, the resort was closed. We went up a week early. I didn't even realise. That's why I ended up splitboarding. I had to go splitboarding because because the lifts weren't open. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, yeah. amazing. Brilliant. Yeah, it did look. Brilliant. It did look really good. You were you were you were riding down as well, like between two fences. Is that does that literally mark out the piece? Well, the, the fences in Scotland catch the snow, so it helps to keep the snow in the runs, and and the mm. snow basically forms the other side of the fence from where the wind's blowing. So but they oh, were clever. they were on piste, Ollie, but it just hadn't been pieced yet because it wasn't open. But they were. I see. On right. Yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. also the 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 fences should be buried over time yeah. but um because yeah. it was so early season but it was great snow ladies and gentlemen shall we do mm. the news yes yes theme do the theme well what a bloody weekend we've had we're gonna start with the ladies because let's face it the women are better it was gb's zoe atkins turn to bring home the bacon with a dominant display in the ski superpipe at the x games in aspen colorado and that gold medal there should ignite her season as qualification for the olympics continues 16 year old mia brooks from stoke was also competing out in aspen but couldn't put down her best run in difficult condition it must be said on the slope style course she had to settle for sixth place, but it's not a result to be sniffed at. And her rail section at the top, and Jenny will attest to this, was light years ahead of the field. Staying at the X Games now, and it was a medal success again for the British Isles as young Kirsty Muir from yeah. Scotland bagged woo, woo, woo. two excellent bronze medals in both ski big air and slope style, landing her first ever 1620 competition. Yeah. My God. Yes, fair bloody play. Well done, Kirsty. Also, shout out to Megan Oldham chucking the first ever ski triple two. And Reira Irabuchi, the Japanese rider, took gold in the women's snowboard big air, also putting down history with the first ever triple in competition. Mark McMorris won the men's snowboard slope style. Marcus Cleveland won the big air. Matt Forehand won the ski big air. Blah, blah, blah. More GB success. Mogul skier Michaela Gherkin Schofield, no relation to Phil, is also continuing their brilliant runner form with a bronze medal in their World Cup. GB Paris snowsport athlete Scott Mina made history in Ostersund, Sweden with the first ever GB medal at the cross-country World Championships. It was silver. And if that was enough, Mina Fitzpatrick and Katie Guest took another podium with bronze at the Paris Snowsports Alpine World Championships. And finally, the future is bright because just three days ago, Mr. Charlie Lane, who hails from Brighton, England, 
only went and took the bloody gold medal and became the European Olympic Youth Snowboard Slopestyle Champion. Woo! Wow. So much well, news. Yes, well done, Charlie Lane. So to all the British skiers and snowboarders out there competing, me, Jenny and Ollie, we salute you. Yeah, man, faux show. That's impressive. What was his name? Charlie what? Charlie Lane. So we've got to look out for him then. Mate, the future. You know what you didn't mention in the uh, in your news is the free ride world tour. Because Anna oh. Smoothie was there, wasn't she? Friend of the podcast, commentating on it. Oh. Um, and she sent us a little a little voice note from what's been happening. Should we have a little listen? Go have on, a little, yeah. A little, oh, right. little listeny-poo. Here we go. Hello, this is Anna Smoothie ringing in from the free ride world tour, Bikera Barrett Pro. So the comp went down yesterday under blue skies. Of course, there were fireworks. Addison Rafford made an insane debut on the tour and took the big W in Ski Woman. Stop it. The Spanish crowd were in tears as their free ride king, Amar Navarro, announced his retirement. Oh. And we saw his protege, Abel Mogas, in the most crazy Superman front flip. You have to check it out. But most of all, the resounding feeling is that of relief since everyone made it down in one piece. It was such a Sharknado out there. We Shot. had uh, a little slab avalanche during the morning controls and there were rocks Oof. everywhere. You can catch up on all the carnage on freeridewildtour.com and slide into Derek Foose's DMs if we did a shit job of the commentary. Thanks. <laughs> Anna Smoothie oh, from Circle Supply that offering weird. that up. Well, unfortunately, oh. unfortunately for Anna Smoothie, she's just given herself more work because that's now going to be a weekly feature. She's coming yeah. out. That's, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's funny that you've had a voice memo in because I've Ooh, also had a voice memo in. Oh, here we go. I've not listened to this either. Mm. This is from my main man, DC. Now, DC is the slope side reporter at the X Games, man on the ground in Colorado, and he has sent us this. No Yo, Tim. Good to hear from your brother. X Games was incredible this year, man. On the half pipe side of things, the super pipe side of things it was uh, tough conditions for the men and the women but they still made the most of it for the men congratulations to scotty james coming out on top the true champion he has dealt with conditions and handled and then for the women the feature is now and we're seeing it with colin Choi, and uh, that was incredible to see her riding so stylish youngest woman to win x games medals she's uh, six months younger than chloe kim was when she won her first X Games gold medal. Wow. And uh, yeah, at 14 years young, it's going to be a lot of fun watching uh, her and how she pushes women's half-pipe riding. On the slope-style side of things, that was absolutely incredible for the men and the women. Oh, my goodness. Big shout-out to Zoe Sadowski-Sinnott winning the women's. Oof, man, that girl can ride. Mark McMorris, holy smokes, how clutch is that guy? I mean, he's superhuman with uh, what he does with competition. And now he's the most winningest uh, winner X Games athlete. 22 medals under his belt now. Big air, holy smokes. First time MBDs being thrown from both the men and the women. Big shout out Marcus Cleveland coming away with the gold medal for the men and for the women. That was insane, seeing Lele Wibuchi come out on top, making history, landing the first ever triple cork in competition with her triple underflip. And then also, man, hats off to Lloyd Bluon for battling it out and putting down the first ever 
cab triple under flip in competition. Also, fun fact about her, I don't know if you saw, but uh, she was kind of like frantically queuing up a song before she put that down, and I needed to know what song it was that fired her up, and it was Metallica, Fuel. It's a great track. But yeah, on on all fronts, man, uh, so happy and so proud of all the men and women uh, that threw down. It was an amazing week, man. Definitely still buzzing from it. Hope all is well, and uh, hope to see you on the snow soon. Peace, brother. Yeah, he sounds very, very tired, doesn't he? <laughs> I guarantee DC has got the worst hangover a human can endure today. Yeah. Um, what did you make of it, Jenny? Being a, an X Games vet. Sorry to use that terminology, but you know, um, yeah. that is what you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally am. I loved it. Do you know what? I was a little bit gutted for the women in the slope style snowboarding because of the weather. Because it just meant that the flow didn't get going as much, but they did manage to, you know, put down the tricks. But in the bi- in the big air, I was absolutely blown away, mm. uh, especially by Zoe. Amazing that Layla put down the triple, but um, Zoe did a switch backside twelve. I mean, mm. switch backside. I was just, honestly, it's like the hardest way to spin, and she did it flat, and it looked sick. Oh yeah, I loved it. Thought it was brilliant. Obviously, there was loads of other stuff going on, but. Yeah, I thought it was wicked. Hey, you know what we've got to do? You know what we've got to do? We've got to crown a champion of the Snow Shepherd gloves. We do. We've got to do it. Jenny, get get your hat out. Get your hat out. Right, here we go. Jenny, who's the winner? The winner is... She's got a hat. Lynn Burt. 182. Well done, Lynn. You've yes, won yourself Lynn. a pair of uh, baby pink snow shepherd mitts. You know what, as well? We had the most entries we've had for the last one. So thank you all so much for getting involved. We're, we're trying yes. desperately to get some free stuff. And in fact, if you are a product maker <laughs> and you want to give us some free stuff yes. to give away, then send it in. Yep. So anyway, thank you, Snow Shepherd Gloves. Yes. Always a pleasure. And congratulations, Lynn. Do you know what I had on New Year's Day for the first time ever? Oh, man, I'm trying to put New Year's Day behind me. Go on. I had a snowball. When Have you ever had a snowball? Oh, had a drink. and lemonade, yeah. Oh, I don't think I have. Is it good? It's, it's like drinking asbestos. <laughs> we should get some. We should totally get some snowballs. It was once the initial kind of weirdness goes away and you realise mm. what you, you know, kind of forget what you're drinking, but it's actually quite nice. The lemonade wait, does help. Wait, so what's the com- combination in it? Advocar. We were doing Advocar, a little splash of vodka and lemonade. Oh. Yeah, but what's the ball? What's the snowball? Oh. oh. Who's that? It's Ollie. Ollie who? Ollie who? Ollie who? Ollie, come on in. Welcome along. Come in, come in. Do you want a snowball? Do you want a snowball? (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting a glue vine, but I'll have a snowball. Snowball. I've never made one before, but here you go. Here it is. I'll just come uh, in. Come in. Come in. Close the door. Close the door. So look then. Here we go. Here we go. A true Olympic medal wielding legend joining us today. Started skiing aged four, then snowboarding aged eight. This man is a Virgo. He loves walking in the hills. He's a big fan of a rom-com. He spells <laughs> his name the right way. He t- he he's taking on the world of cryptocurrency. 
kind of. He's going to tell us about it. And he's only the bloody Olympic. Paralympic bronze medalist, it's Ollie Hill, everybody! You! I'm a, I'm a Taurus, I'm not a Virgo. But that's Wikipedia. Oh, Tim, so where are you getting your, yeah, where are you getting your info from? Did you get that from I, Wikipedia? I, I made that up. But um, <laughs> he clearly does love walking. He clearly does love walking in the hills, though, in a good rom-com. So we'll start yeah. there. What's your favourite rom-com? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> didn't didn't correct me about the rom-com just went straight in on not you know Virgo what? mate I don't really watch rom-coms is that bad uh, um, hang on he, he says here. wait hang on hang on you don't watch rom-coms Tim said you're a big fan of rom-coms and you're a Virgo Tim where are you getting this info from have you just made this up is this all nonsense have you yeah. googled the right Ollie Hill what's going on no, I I clear I clearly just made that up. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Oh, okay. But that's all. What right. is a good rom com right. though? Oh, Chalet Girl. Ooh. Oh, I tell you. Oh, <laughs> he's on. He's on brand. He's yeah, on man. brand. Bang on, bang on. That's a good film, isn't oh, it? Good film, that did. Jenny no. Jones doesn't like it. Why don't you like? Because they no, ripped, I won't you, ripped watch off it. your life I, story and I didn't won't. pay you any. Yeah. Didn't pay you any royalties. <laughs> What's the one with um, where Russell Brand has an appearance on it, and the guy goes to the beach and Mila Kunis is in it? Uh, oh, oh, you know um, the one. No, that's the. Is that the one where the guy gets his knob out? <laughs> I mean, that doesn't. It's, necessarily... the, it's the one. It's the one where I think it's um, Ben Stiller's the surf instructor. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the guy, the guy, the main guy in that. So that's got Ben Stiller in it. It's got. Uh, yeah, Mila Kunis, and I don't, I can't think, and Russell Brand is in it. Russell Brand is in it, and the guy gets his actual cock out in it. You see him standing there with his cock out. I know the film you're talking about. Yeah, it's great that that's oh, the first am. reference that you pulled up. <laughs> that's the movie where the guy <laughs> no, gets because, his cock out. Yeah, amazing. With, no, <laughs> Love that Ollie, one. Seriously, without getting into it too much, without getting into too much, <laughs> you see it right, and this glu- this guy, this actor, is clearly perfectly comfortable getting his cock out because it is absolutely absolutely massive i mean it's like an anaconda this thing it is fucking huge (laughs) so he's just swinging it about on that film it is branded in my memory that that film i don't blame you i'd be doing the same if i had an anaconda is it get him to the greek (laughs) no 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 i've got to find out this hang on you you talk amongst yourselves Oh I'm trying goodness. to find I cannot it. believe you're googling massive wangs. No, I'm not. Rom-coms. Brand, goodness film. me, forgetting Arthur. Sarah Marshall. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yes. Anyway, right. But the other stuff, the other stuff is true in the fact sheet, isn't it? About snowboarding from age eight. Yeah, indeed it is. Indeed it is. I um, yeah. started skateboarding about age six or seven. And so I'd already learned to ski, albeit probably not very well. So, yeah, when I got back on the mountain, it was in America. I, I was like, I don't want to ski. The first day I learned to snowboard, obviously, I took a lesson. I think it was in the morning. Went out with like my family in the afternoon and um, got to the end of the day. Didn't know how to turn, but was adamant to get down. Took me two and a half hours to get down to like the halfway point. Um, and like the whole of the oh ski patrol goodness. were following me down the hill. I was in School Valley. And uh, do you know what? Do you know what? I thought I was going to say about this. I actually bought a photo because that is from oh, yeah. 1998. Oh, hang on. And that hang is on, me. Can you oh, see it? Really still? Oh, on the, no. Just about. Obviously, it's not just digital about. anymore. 
they got fed up of taking me down, uh, of, of being behind me, falling over. So they took me down on that. I think that's the only oh, time I've yes. been on a skidoo as well. Yeah. Oh my god! Fun fact: it. only time on a skidoo was your first ever time. So that's Squaw Valley. So then, yeah. you, so you've been snowboarding for for ages. Then, so okay, can we rush straight into it then? And and just to kind of hit it head on, mm-hmm. when you had your accident, yeah, how? Like, how quickly were you adamant you were going to get back on your snowboard? You know, because obviously if you were... You must have been well into snowboarding if you'd been snowboarding (laughs) from the age of eight. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, being from the UK, we obviously don't get to go to the Alps a lot and and actually go snowboarding. So I used to go to High Wycombe, to the outdoor place, on like a a Wednesday and a Sunday when they used to get the ramps out, you know, and learn how to do that. At that same time, I was mad into skating, so I'd skate every day, you know, like as much as I could. uh, And that was my thing. And so, yeah, when I had my accident, I was supposed to go snowboarding three days later uh, on holiday. And so it was like, it was actually going to be my first time to Verbier to go and see a lot of the boys that I I know now. And um, I suppose for me, because I was so adamant to go, actually, when I had like my car accident and my leg come off, it was (laughs) before before my actual leg come off. It was the first thing that I thought of because like my, my leg snapped, obviously, from down below my knee. And I was like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to go snowboarding now. And then by, by the time I finished that four, my leg had come off. So I was like, obviously, I've got more important things to oh, worry about God. at that point, right? So what? all oh, I man. thought about for the pretty much the week, 10 days initially in hospital uh, was just like wanting to go snowboarding, you know? And I was like running a business at the time. So I had a load of business stuff that I was sort of carrying on with. And so I kind of just, that was basically when I discovered like the gb paralympic snowboard team because i'm like looking in hospital i've got sort of all this time over christmas new year like in between doing work and i'm just sort of thinking well what what can i do now with my life in terms of sports in terms of things that i want to do so yeah i basically just came to the decision that i want to get back out on the board as quick as possible and i'd got my prosthetic four and a half months later and then five months in i'd gone to solden with a with a mate of mine after going to hemel for like two hours and trying to figure it out again sort of learnt to basically link up turns really, really sketchy. No way. Yeah. So, so then, hang on. So what was that like then, going back to... Uh, got your prosthetic leg, you walk into Hemel for the first time. What was that like, like strapping in? Uh, do you know what? It was, it, was, it was mad. Like, I kind of, I guess in a weird way, I think, I think I even rolled my trousers up, like, on that one side so that, like, people would see me, like, eating shit and not being like, oh, look at that kook, do you know what I mean? Like... Because obviously, you know, well, I was never like amazing, amazing at snowboarding because I never had chance to do it enough. But like, I love snowboarding, like because I love skateboarding and I just love that whole free riding, passionate, doing stuff with your homies, learning Mm. tricks, like getting beat up, getting back up, like having that sense of achievement. Right. So I was just like, I'll give it a go, see how we get on. And then, yeah, I just I'd like manage to go. I don't know, like on a hillside edge, and I'd just be going straight, and I'd be like, oh, it's a fucking turn, how am I going to do this? And I'd like, use my whole body, falling over, you know. After, say, after about two hours, I sort of could basically link up stuff again. And so about 10 days later was Easter holidays. So I went with the same friend. We went to Solden. That one was tough, though, to be fair. That is so rad, what you just said. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's crazy, because it's... You you were saying so your your leg was amputated from just below your knee was it so it's like yes. I mean how how did you 
I mean, how different was that? Like, I because I can't. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how I would, you know, how I'd turn on the snowboard. Like, you kind of, you, you, did you feel like it was completely starting from scratch, or or did you have kind of, uh, you know, so, I mean, how how was it different? I, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Um, so good question. Uh, so I ride regular, which means that my prosthetics in my back foot. So in essence, I was just going down the slope completely on my front foot and trying to figure out why my board was sliding out so much either way and then so I had that feeling of the of the initiation of the turns but then like getting it effectively on and through the flat base to the other side to get it to turn the other side whether that's toe or heel yeah was the bit I couldn't figure out so all of a sudden like especially mm. in Hemel I've started aiming down the hill I've like got it onto a flat base and I'm like can I get this thing to turn and I'm like seeing people <laughs> think I'm getting it into the wall think i'm getting into the barriers you know and then literally at the last minute i think i'd end up just like folding my whole body over gorilla style which is probably where i started with this gorilla style that i i've had to like get out of me again but yeah so and then like last minute i'd make a turn and then just about save myself from eating shit and causing disaster ollie there was no one who you didn't you, you hadn't met anyone at that point who also had who was also an amputee or anything that we could be like Hey, here's some tips. You were just like, ah, fuck it. (laughs) Yes, not not from snowboarding. So I used to uh, race motorbikes just for like a hobby, semi-professionally, if you like. Um, And I did a a a couple of a series in the British Superbikes, and I used to race with a friend of mine. And he was called his his name's Murray Hambro, and he was uh, had both his legs blown off below the knee in Iraq or Afghanistan. Can't remember. Anyway, shout out Murray. And, uh, yeah, basically I ended up reaching out to him in hospital and he, uh, just sent me like a really kind message back just to say, you know, understand that you're going to be going for a shit time right now, but don't, don't worry. Like everything you want to do, you'll get back to doing what it is and, and, you know, be just as good, if not as good. He's like, but you just got to understand that it's a process and you got to understand that mm. some, some sports that you love to do are harder than others to relearn uh skateboarding being one of them probably the hardest one so like once someone that's been through that always saying that and is like giving you that sort of comfort at least you don't have a doubt and i already only knew him from being an amputee right and he could rip but he was he could ride a the way he can ride a motorbike for 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 what's happened to him like is is just unreal so you don't worry about it you just worry focus on rather how to get to where you're trying to get to it sounds like when you're in hospital that you made that sort of that call and that decision really yeah. quickly. It's impossible for me to do this, but I'm trying to put myself in that that situation. And I know that I just would not have done that. I would not have been in that mindset. You say that, but I was twenty. I was twenty nine when I lost my leg. So, to me, I sat in hospital for a few days, feeling very shit about things. And that's not to say like I haven't gone through a lot of downs and ups and downs and ups and a lot of downs afterwards but I at least made a decision in hospital what am I going to do I'm 29 28 29 now I've got like uh, what 50 years to live like post this so like am I going to do it in a wheelchair feeling sorry for myself or am I actually going to like get up and try and make something of my life because if not again and I don't mean this to sound horrible but like I may as well just give up and I just I'm not interested in trying to go down that path so my only choice is that way that's what made me make a decision uh also i'd started up a business like six months before and i'd had customers ringing me up all the way through me being in hospital and i was working in hospital wow. like 
eight eight hours a day, seven eight hours a day after the first few days, but it kept my head off of what what was going on, you know. Yeah, yeah, bet. So actually, it was the best thing. When when he says he was working in hospital, he wasn't a nail technician. He didn't have like a queue of people coming in to get their shellacs done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hadn't learned that profession yet. <laughs> Come after. Do you know what though? Listening listening to that story and listening to the way that you you know you you've you've grasped that this is cheesezilla, but it's going to come out. It, it. It's that positive attitude. It's that mental attitude that wins medals. That's how you. Yeah. You know, you, you're able to turn that to... It's almost like that mindset you're able to turn to whatever you do. Totally When agree. you decided and when you saw the, the, the Paralympic team and you were like, right, I am joining that team. I'm getting on board with those dudes. <laughs> They're having a good time. And I'm going to go and win medals. Was that always a conscious decision that you thought, I'm going to be the best at that. I'm going to go and, and, and win at that. Uh, I, I'm a very competitive person, right? Otherwise, I wouldn't go into going into sports and competing so like if i do something i'm going to want to try and win and i learned a lot of lessons motorbike racing over the years that put me in really good stead with coming into doing this and i felt that i was fortunate enough to like have an accident at the time when i could just about get on a team and make that cycle happen and i was lucky to be british right and be part of an organization you know in the greatest respects it's got a small para snowboard team so that actually like i haven't got to go through a whole load of hoops to try and get on a team like if i was american mm. then they've got you know you've got to get on like this team and then you've got to qualify through this team to get selected for the games and like, i felt like that was a bigger process so this seemed like an achievable dream right and i was like well mm. fuck i didn't think i could race motorbikes to the same level i was ever going to do again because there's no paralympics bike racing as far as i was aware so I was like, well, I love snowboarding. It was actually the first competition I ever did in my life, believe it or not, in Canada somewhere when I was about no nine. So when I made that decision, I just wanted to get on the team and my goal was just to get to the Paralympic Games. And I thought if I could do that, all this would be worth it. Like all this, all that pain and all the trauma and all like the nights of like no sleep and all, like all that will be worth it, you know? So... And then I was like, if I can then make something happen of it down the future, then yeah, let's go. How was that at the Olympics? Like, obviously you had James Sweet, who you know I know quite quite well as he's one of your you Shout know the sweet coach. Dog. He's so, what a what a great combo to have him out there as uh, coach with you. Were you at that Olympics thinking like, well, what were you thinking? I don't know, you know. <laughs> I was frothing the whole time to be fair. <laughs> you know, like you say, we've got we've got a great set of coaches. Carol, um, young Dutch ex World Cup border cross racer, a sort of retired now is, is training us. We've got Sweet Dog, you know, absolute G. You could uh, no introduction needed with him. We've got, you know, Scorgi who's our wax tech, but he's so much more than that. You know, he's like the glue that bonds our whole community together. You know, and we had such a good team as well out there. Vibes were good. I was so happy to be there. To be honest, it seemed really surreal yeah. until I went to the opening ceremony and I went with um, my SNC coach, Jack Birch. Again, shout out Jackie Boy and uh, lady called Hope. And um, as soon as we were in that stadium and we like ran out around the crowd and like Jenny, you you'll know what this is like. It's just like yeah, like, that felt like real at that point. And then when they did the speech and then they, all the fireworks kicked off and stuff, I was like. 
mate, like I had like tears in my eyes of joy and I was looking at oh, Jack mate. and Jack had tears like and it we were like we're fucking here, brother. And then I was like, right, let's go. I know. <laughs> you know? It's so, that is so Madness. exact how you how you just described that. You yeah. walk in, you walk into it, don't you? And you suddenly all these people are like waving and you're like, Wah! Oh my Cheering God. you, like, you know, I'm, your country. I'm you, that person like... that I normally watch on the telly, you know, coming along yeah. behind the guy with the flag trying to, you know, it was, right. yeah, you're totally like, right. I'm so nuts. glad you had that experience. Oh. And I think that's one of the things that then kicked it off to be like, right, this is real now, you know. I just want to enjoy this one no matter what happens. So, uh, anyway, talk us through it then. Come on, on, let's get into the bones of it because this is what I love. I love... You know, it's race day. What are the conditions like? How are you feeling? You get to the top. You've got your wax tech. Talk us through it. All right. So, like the day of the games when I when I got my, my medal, like I woke up and I just was so focused that day on, like, what I thought I could do. And in, like, a strange way, I was just, like, in, like, a sort of trance state. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I'm getting up, like, go for breakfast, like, a little bit more like, you know, it's like something in the air, a bit of like electricity, a little bit of like energy game around game. you, getting in it's that sort of zone. Game. I love listening to music. I listen to certain music to try and put me into certain moods. So like if I've woke up and I'm like too hype, I need something to calm me down. Or if I'm like really, really tired because we've been training and exhausted, like I'll put something crazy on just to sort of go, you know. But race day is always <laughs> the same. Like I'm fired up. I'm listening to the same sort of types of things. And so... Yeah, I just I always just try and like go and talk to people, go and say hi to all the other teams and like we've really got like this most amazing bond in the Paris snowball community. Like we get on with every other nationality and it's just amazing. Everyone supports each other. It's it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so like we go and just like say hi to everyone, shake their hands, give us all high fives, fist pumps, whatever. I think that like takes your mind off of the like it sort of helps bridge that gap of time between like each run you got to do again like Jenny will know mm. you you're waiting well, it's fascinating, 20 30 minutes Ollie, because, sometimes between your runs yeah cuz you're you, I'd call you the chatter that like that likes to chat at the start of beforehand so there'd be always everyone's slightly different <laughs> Just, aren't they <laughs> different characters like i was yeah. quite i was quite quite i'd be quite quiet and there'd be a chatter. There'd be someone that that, that that couldn't stop moving. There'd be someone else that, um, yeah, it was weird. There's all different types of character athletes, isn't there? At the top, I do all of them. I, I think apart hope. from being quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like. I also think it's good to kill people with kindness. Kill so, people with kindness. <laughs> yeah. So, like, for example, right. Because, you know, like, everyone, there's this stigma of everyone having, like, real sour faces and stuff and, you know, in, in sport and, like, oh, I'm going to show you or whatever. But I quite like, like, looking at all the boys and, you know, before we drop into, like, border cross, for example, when we're all in fours and just, like, boys, no matter what happens, I love you always. Do you know what I mean? Just as we're going to drop and then you just, like... <laughs> Oh, you can't, it's not like a side game. You know? yeah, Anyone that's, that's got a plan to try game. and fuck you, I'm just like, no, well, I love them all anyway, you know, but so I do. It's it's like, it's absolutely that, but it's also a bit like anyone that's going to try and play some dates, it's like, nah, don't even try it. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, so how was the course? How was your wax? Was it running fast? Did you know you were going to podium? And, and what was it like getting that run done, getting, getting your runs done and just seeing the time? How did you feel? Always fast boards, Scorgy, absolute master G, 
mm-hmm. biggest change on race day was it was a bit firmer. So we kind of went in with this game plan that we need to put a solid first run down regardless, you know, um, and try not to leave it to chance and pull out, pull out a second one. So to me, that was just like, if that meant I had to ride at 95% to put a good run down, but then I give myself less pressure for my second run and so be it. And Owen was in third, which was sick. So I was like, you know, we were pumping. And then uh, the Chinese guy, Sunki, he then was one of the sort of the last of the guys to drop. Um, he could put down a really good time, I think, um, from what we'd seen in training. And yeah, he, he, you know, put down a smasher, didn't he? So it felt good to obviously be in a good position, you know, after the first run. But I was obviously mm. nervous as fuck because, you know, I'm in the easiest one to get dropped. And um, the way that the track was going up until even the category that went before us for their second runs, people were still beating their first run times. So we were, I'm just sat there like, oh, horrible, oh, no. you know got into the gates and the the way they do bank slalom is um they do the second run in in reverse order so the slowest people go first and then whoever put the fastest run in goes last so you know i'm I'm sat there and you know with the last six or seven people to drop i'm starting to get quite tense you know just like i hope i don't have to do like pull something out of the bag here um and then yeah i, I sat in the sat in the gate and then sweet walks over to me because they basically asked me beforehand like do you want us to do you want us to tell you if your time gets beaten or do you just want to go and do your second run as best you can regardless? And I was like, no, I want you to tell me because oh my God. if that's the difference between, because I'm in third, I was like, if I get bumped to fourth and then I'm trying to fight for a win when I could then just fight to get a podium back or whatever, you, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd rather know what I've got to do. Yeah. So yeah, sweet, sweet comes over to me and he just like puts his hand up and he's like, brother, he's like, you got yourself a medal, mate. He's like, it just depends which colour it is. He's like, go get him, bruv. And I was just like, yeah. Oh, my God. And I think that's Amazing. when I go to drop for that second run. You see me in the in the, in the the start just like frothing, you know. <laughs> I knew that at least I could absolutely go for it. And if I crashed, I crashed. You know, I wasn't going to get any worse than third. Yeah. So I then actually put the, the fastest second run down of anybody in their second runs but it just wasn't enough to to bump me up spots but mate i don't care i wasn't even expecting to win one i was just happy to be there i just got <laughs> goosebumps that's incredible Amazing. man incredible that. i love you that line have... that he said to you he's like said so he said you you've got a medal mate it just depends what color now Oh yeah. my god! You could see it, can't so you? Good, as well, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. typical sweet dog so thing good. to say. Yeah, oh, that's so good, so so good. Um, so listen, obviously Milan, you know, you'll just add to your medal collection. That's absolutely fine. There's no need to talk about that. But I do want to talk about um, you are. There was a little bit of truth in the fact that you're basically taking over the world of cryptocurrency. Explain to us what you're doing. <laughs> um ho- hopefully kind of yeah we've got good plans so um basically start of last year uh me and a couple of homies four of us in total we uh got together and decided to try and do something that would build a really strong community both within the sort of snowboarding winter sports ski world and what is now emerging as a sort of cryptocurrency nft market so what we've actually done is we've created a community that is bridging bridging the gap between both right and the intention of it is the community has access to a load of amazing utility um but with some of the treasury money and some of the money that we bring in 
50% of it was going to be divided into something where we can actually donate money to various organizations and charities to try and help with sustainability. But mainly and more importantly, it's to really try and build out some infrastructure to support up and coming athletes um, independently from That's brands. Amazing. We want to look to sponsor people in the sort of ski and snowboard industry, both in Paralympic, non-Paralympic, freestyle, slalom, whatever. That's the bigger picture plan. It's something that's driven by the community, but effectively it's using a NFT as a token gate, which gives you access into the community, right? So once you've got your, your what's called the brand is Shredding Sassy, so go check it out. I'll send some links into this afterwards. Um, oh, yeah. We're, once you've got Tim, access into the community. pop them in the, the show notes. They'll yeah, be in we'll the do. show notes, don't, don't you worry. worry. <laughs> um, yeah, once you've got access into it, you'll have access in it for life. So you don't have to pay any recurring membership fees or anything like that. Um, you, we just want to help build something special and, and from the sort of back end of it we want to start to be able to use some of this money as well to do things like Paralympic freestyle I want us in right. 10 years time to be doing freestyle where we're doing triple corks or double corks at least you know and some really rad yeah. shit so this will help try and support that and at least give us uh, a place where you know we can make media make all this stuff and give it out to the community our goal is just to try and leave a legacy where we can give something that's really tangible and credible back to like what's given me a second life. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that's like, if that's the least I can do for, 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 for everyone. Right. So Jenny, I have a little present for you. I'm going to send it. to you. I also have a present for you too as um, well. Keep me in the loop. Keep me in the loop on the freestyle. Uh, para freestyle i like the sound of that i'd like to help out i've never had a present on at prey pod i've never had a present we basically have a thing we're about to launch and you would be the first one if you accept our invitation and it's called the legends basically the job is of this is is to honor people within our industry that have just put either their whole life into things and just done so much to help our sport and so you would effectively be our first one so if you have a little look at that I'm actually speechless. Oh my god! If you accept that, that will come into uh, that'll be that'll be there for for life, and it will be yours to keep forever. You don't have to do anything with it. Wait, I don't understand. Have I got a beard? (laughs) (laughs) You're a monkey. So you're a monkey. Our project is called Shredding Sassy. So they're Sasquatch-based things, uh, beings. So. With that in mind, I've just made that have, connection. You have the only one with a nice fringe and a hair front because obviously we want to love it. You're a Sasquatch. You've got a, you've got your first <laughs> NFT Sasquatch. It's you. Oh my god! That is what so I've got right. that. Is, is that the deal? Someone can buy that now. Yeah. No, that's Jenny's. Someone can buy anything from. Oh, Jenny. So if you go if you go onto right, our so website, Jenny owns that. you'll I be able own to. That. Jenny will Do own, I own that. that? You will own it. We'll have to send it to you properly, but that's just a screenshot for oh, okay. you. And I've sent you another thing, Timbo, that's which just so explains sick. what everything is. So anyway, little little gift for you, mate. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Go get yourself another drink from the uh, from behind the bar at the chalet. <laughs> oh, that is good. Right then, saddle up, get your boots on. We're going snowboarding. Shout out for a shred. The chairlift, 
for first-timers, an intimidating obstacle to conquer, uh, to experience one of the best feelings in the world. For seasoned... Oh, fucking... I've had too many beers. For seasoned (laughs) ski buffs and seasoners, just another place to crack open a beer and wag chins in the chilly, chilly cold. That's right, Ollie. The chairlift is the perfect place to wag those chins. So get wagging. Let's hear it. (laughs) There was this one time where I did actually get pregnant for probably about two months. Um, (laughs) I had a bit... What's going on? What's we're happened here? We're going to need a bigger um, chairlift. Slipped into another dimension. So yeah. We're going to need had... a bigger chairlift. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had like a, what, what, what I classed it as a reverse pregnancy, which is when you have a pregnancy sort of bump on your back, <laughs> which turned out to be a, a hematoma, and I had to go and get it like drained, and I ended up having like a little bag for like a little colostomy bag type thing to sort it all out but oh i am hang on how did you end up with a hematoma the size of a pregnancy bump on your back what so, on earth um, were you doing <laughs> so we were we were in sasfay uh training on the border cross track and i um so we were on this re- basically there's a start section and then you went over this like big roll and there was this massive step on step off and we were training on an able body course so we were trying it for like the first time and uh, I'd, I'd, I'd done it after, I think, on the second day, I tried, I thought I'd sort of get the balls to try it. So I tried it, did it first time, great. Tried it the second time, and I, I don't really know what happened, but I didn't lift my legs up sort of enough to for my back to clear it. So I lifted my front up, which cleared it, but not my back. So anyway, I ended up going, sliding across my back, and then I ended up coming off this step down. And where I wasn't going at any speed, oh. it was probably about six or seven foot, and I just fell like basically like a oh. pretzel straight onto the bottom of my uh <laughs> down to the bottom of my back like but on like flat hard ice from yeah i was mate i was fobbing off like a pretzel it was, it was could have put me in a letter and sent oh me back to london God. mate do you know what i mean <laughs> 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 so uh, <laughs> i i hit i hit the floor and um i have like a back protector and everything on and it um Anyway, I whacked my head and everything as well, so I ended up with a bit of a headache, and yeah, I didn't feel so good, but I think I did another run or two through the course, and then I started to get a headache, and uh, anyway, it was quite a, quite a gnarly crash, So, uh, but I'm used to crashing, right, and I'm used to injuries and all that, so I thought it was fine. So there was a physio who, um, who was with us at this camp. He checked me out. I had quite a lot of swelling, but at, at the time, I'd only just done this crash, so I'm not surprised I've got all this swelling, right? So this happened like two days before the end of the camp. So I go home, living in um, living in uh, like near Switzerland just for a few weeks, and it started getting bigger. But where your back kind of folds a bit like that, it was it was really hard to see how bad oh, it was getting. <laughs> so I waited like I was, I was compressing, oh, it, I was doing everything they were telling me to do. <laughs> anyway, at the end of like that week, I was there. I had to. I was I was supposed to go on a superbike. Um, track day with my dad in Spain and it's something that me and him still do every year we do like three trips a year and we go down to like these MotoGP tracks and go and ride them so I hadn't seen my dad for ages he was really excited so I was like cool went drove down and uh, (laughs) ride around this track for two days thinking that the swelling's gonna go down right and then the next day I'll get up in the morning and it's like really bad so I'll go to the hospital 
instead of riding and they tell me I need to go and get it looked at properly and get it go to some sports re you know sports unit thing and get it like properly done so anyway the next day I was going to see a friend of mine in Portugal who I hadn't seen for ages so his his thought, his girlfriend I thought was, to myself don't worry about that I'll just go forget it I know so I can see the go. pattern I can see the pattern emerging here Ollie you're <laughs> just basically <laughs> neglecting yourself and going on trips well, yeah. <laughs> And getting more and more yes, pregnant. It, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is the thing. It wasn't getting any worse, but it wasn't getting any better. But because my body was kind of used to swell up quite a lot quickly and then it would go down eventually, I just, you know, started to realise something needed to happen. Anyway, I was planning to see my friend for about a week. So I thought I'll get it sorted there. And his his girlfriend uh, was pregnant <laughs> at the time. <laughs> uh, she, <laughs> so oh, she booked me in with her with her doctor that she would go to see um, for all of you know to deal with all of that. She's going to do some important pregnancy stuff, and you rock up with your back because you've decided to go away on a little holiday <laughs> to see your friends. Just a, a liability. Jesus. So she actually lends me her pregnancy belts to try and support it as well for the few days. She didn't need, she me, didn't need it anymore. She's struggling. She's struggling in the side. Now you take it. Don't worry. You take the belt, Ollie. You yeah, need more than I right. do. So I ended up going to see this doctor. He ends up giving me what was my first ever ultrasound, which felt a bit strange. Um, you know, like lube and stuff on your back and they're rubbing it through and he's checking all the little sacks. Yeah. And you know, I'm asking him if it's a boy or a girl and is it healthy, you know. <laughs> how's it going to come out? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so he goes, right, you've, you've got this thing called a hematoma. It's actually really bad. I can't believe you've left it this late. Um, I need to get you in, but I can't see you tomorrow. You have to come back in Friday. I think this was a Wednesday. I was like, cool. So anyway... I do fuck all for another two days, apart from just trying not to upset it. Go back in Friday, and I thought that they were making a movie because they had, like, four people with cameras and films and, like, lighting equipment and all this stuff that turned up. And I was like, what's going on here? He's like, oh, we're, if it's okay, can we can we film this? Because we've never seen anything like this before on someone's oh back. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my And we, we want to try and use it for, 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 like, medical research or something. I don't know. So he starts filming it. <laughs> so he ends up taking, he ends up taking like about ten or fifteen syringes worth of blood out of my back. In, <gasps> but these syringes are like seven hundred and fifty mil, right? And he's oh like taking them and taking Christ. them. He's taking them. And I'm sat there and he's like jamming it in. He's like cut this hole in my back and he's like, yeah, doing all this stuff. And I'm just sat there like. At some points it doesn't hurt, and then every now and again he gets a nervous mink, and it's like, oh, you know. So anyway, he's oh, like, you need God. to come back in another oh. three days or so. So I go back in another three days. This time they've learnt their lesson, and they've got a saucepan instead of loads of syringes, and they're just dripping it into a saucepan. And it looks like fucking oh, sangria, mate. <laughs> you know? Did you say it, it looks like sangria? It did. It looked like it's that sort of colour of sangria, but it just ran out the fruit and the ice. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so uh yeah i, I ended up uh, after that second drain they reckon it was like two liters worth of blood they took out my back and then i had to have this little drainy sack thing and walk around with that for a few days so that, we, oh at that point god. at least i could skate so i just started skating yeah, and yeah. promenade with my mates that you is know, fucking disgusting that. we've gone round the chairlift twice because we just were listening to that story yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're nearly back at the top oh, no it's amazing 
but gross. Right then, let's uh, let's get our boards on. Let's go for a ride. Boards on. You. Ride. The top. From here, there is nowhere else but down. But how you go down, well, that's up to you. The tracks you lay will be carved into your memory forever, only to be snowed over or melted away once you're done. So make them good. Make your tracks. This is Making Tracks. Bloody hell, Ollie, that was good for you. It should be like... <laughs> like William Wordsworth or something. Uh, yeah, this is where we want you to share your best musical tracks with us which will go into our what jenny ultimate mountain playlist i don't know who i was <laughs> it's like three it's like three words it's... <laughs> oh, so what's up what's up what is it it's an ultimate one isn't it <laughs> do it again do it again ultimate mountain playlist we like to call making tracks Ooh. nice yes. yeah making tracks i think i can help there Come on then, Ollie. You've uh, you've teed us off at the top. You said that you were well into your music, so mm-hmm. we want three tracks from you. The first track is the song that you're using to wake you up, make a smoothie to, essentially get ready for a day on the hill. What is it? Uh, so the chosen choice of song here is Metallica Whiplash. One of my old. If this doesn't get you fired up, I find it's dangerous to listen to music this hardcore. Absolutely, would not can't be able listen to, to listen this on to the mountain. That. Is that what you t- is that what you'd listen to in the border cross or any any time? I don't listen to music during border cross racing, but obviously before and after races and around them. That yeah. I just like yeah. to be fired up. That's a before a race track. I mean, it's just fucking mental. I love Mate, that's, it. that's, that's like love a breakfast it. track. Well, I know it's definitely the softer end of the scale, but I have to sing my son, uh, Nothing Else Matters by Metallica, every single <laughs> night. That's his song that he goes to sing. Really? Every, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of Metallica. No how far. Yeah. yeah, they could do it all, man. Have it all, everything. And I think I might have said this, friend of the podcast, Johnny Roderick, um the man that I was arrested with when Jenny won her first contest in Vale and got us all really drunk. I'll get on to that story another time. Uh, me and Johnny. Johnny used to work in San Francisco and Lars Ulrich, the drummer from Metallica, said that Johnny had made him the best ever dessert he'd ever had you. when Johnny was working as a, uh, as oh, a pastry chef yeah. in San Francisco. Wow. Amazing. That, that is a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> right then, track number two. Um, this is either on the chairlift, riding down, this is somewhere on the mountain. You're perhaps on your own at this point. You're wanging the song into your headphones. What are we listening to? So the song I've picked is actually the song that I was listening to on repeat when I won my medal during the Bank Slalom. The artist group is a a grime people called called Babylon Dead. And the song tune is called Rago. And it's just like, it's just got a mad grimy beat to it, which again, and actually it was um, somebody that Jack my SNC coach put me in contact with uh, like about a week before I'd never heard of these guys before
Do these guys know that they were instrumental in a Paralympic medal-winning moment? Not yet. No, no. Hopefully. They do, they do now. We'll tell them. Okay. And third and final choice for our Making Tracks playlist. Now, this is, this is again, you know, there's a little bit of leeway here, a little bit of leniency. Um, this could be... I, I don't think it would for you be a song to chill to. It can be that if you want. Or is this the Apre song? Is this the song that is playing on the jukebox when we walk in for the first of our 23 beers? This is the, this is the song that's played about five into the 23 beers to get everyone to drink 23 beers. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that... All right. That... Even better, even better. That song is uh, General Levy Incredible. sure that song was on the Ali G movie was, am, am it I is that's the that? one he's got in the car yeah yeah he's he in is, his car at the start his little doing, Renault yeah, 5 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah but I'm you're, you're Reading Way aren't you Ollie well I'm 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 a slough boy right so you're Reading Way I mean it's all Renault 5s around there that's basically what it is isn't it everybody's just <laughs> it was back Renault in the day wasn't it Renault 5s yeah, and Saxo yes. VTRs yeah and a Corsa that was the old Corsa yeah definitely Corsa yeah god Oh, it's really is a shithole around there. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm talking about no, Slough it's... specifically. If you are from Slough, I do apologise. I am also from there, and I'm sorry for myself. I can't believe you're slagging off Slough. Have you been, Tim? Do you know what? I randomly ended up getting diverted through Slough once. I was driving west on the M4, and we ended up driving past the office like the you know the building yeah. where they yeah. filmed. I know. Yeah. And yeah. as I drove past it, I was, I was, a, I was speechless, but also I was like, ah, 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 I couldn't believe it. And it <laughs> also, was exactly the, like the bus it station, does. the bus station in the intro of the office, not there anymore. Yeah. They knocked it down. Is it not? No, no, oh. not there. Smashed it down. There built we go. That's sad. Sorry, Ali, I didn't That's mean to. History didn't that mean, is. Mate. Didn't mean to slag off where you live. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, right then. <laughs> It is a brilliant, but it's a very eclectic playlist. Uh, it's been curated by all of our incredible people that we've had on the podcast. Do go check it out. Link to that Spotify playlist in the show notes. Well, I'll tell you what, that was an absolute treat to have you here in the in the Apres. Thank you for having uh, me. Cabin, thanks for joining us. It was I'm happy brilliant. I, out. I Thank loved you. hearing all the stories and all of your experiences of the Olympics, just everything. It was brilliant. Thanks, Ollie. No problem. Thank you guys for yeah, having cheers, me on Ollie. as well, of, of everything as well. It's been an absolute treat to have you here. Down your uh, Advocar and Lemonade, aka the Snowball. Get Delicious. that down you and. Uh, we we'll hope to see you back very soon. Take Thank care, you have for a good having me on, guys. Yeah. Cheers, Ollie. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah. Bye. What an absolutely brilliant chat I, I thought that was with Ollie, didn't you? I loved yeah. it. Mm. I, and I'm absolutely in, in Ollie Peart's camp. I, I always worry about the mental... The men, I mean, this is a deep chat for the end of the podcast, but I'd worry about <laughs> like if I would have that... that same positive mindset. I don't think I would. Mm. I find it so admirable and so just 
Yeah, it's amazing. What Isn't a dude. It? What an absolute Top dude. dude. Proper, well, proper dude. That is it for another week of the Apres. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. But of course, we're going to be back next week for more. Way. In the meantime, we would love for you to get in touch with us with your mountain stories, thoughts about the show, or anything else uh, you feel like you should tell us. So email yeah. us at theaprepod at gmail.com. Uh, we do read all of them. We actually do read all of them. Yeah, we do read all of well, them. Well, Ollie reads all of them. That's, that's read, what he's paid to do. Uh, yeah, I, I really I paid. That, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, uh, at the Apre Pod on Instagram. Uh, it's also a great place for, for you to leave us a voice message if you want to, from your winter trips maybe, or just anything else you fancy. Oh, yeah, I like the Absolutely. voice notes. I love yes, do notes. send us some voice notes. Maybe um, Slappy Steve has dropped that 30-footer out the back, or maybe, <laughs> I don't know, somebody's Slappy absolutely Steve. able to take on the uh, Mutzig Challenge in Bar Robbo and has completed it in Morzine. Let us know. <laughs> Something must have happened in your ski town, and we want to know what's going on. Also, subscribe, leave us a review, and tell your mates where they can find us. Share, share, share alike. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye! 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 Jenny's, Jenny's dying. <laughs>